This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Uh, welcome to another edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast. And today, it's a wrestling version of the podcast, but we're not talking about the WWE. We're not talking about Bray Wyatt or Brock Lesnar or any of that crap. It's all about All Elite Wrestling. And I have brought in a co-host that's perfect to break this down with me because I would define him as an All Elite Wrestling mark. He's all in he loves it. He's excited for the live TV, for the pay-per-views. And I'm excited, too, but I've got my skepticism. And here's the difference between me and my co-host today. I am the guy that they're trying to get. I'm a WWE fan. I'll be the first to admit, I don't know a lot about, a, about the guys on this roster. I don't know a lot about guys who fought in Japan or guys that fought in Ring of Honor. It's all new to me, but I think I represent a lot of what AEW is trying to attract while this guy is much more familiar with the inner workings of wrestling around the world, and that is the man who does a fine job producing me on Saturdays, uh, Steve Summers as well, and that, of course, is Loogie Tommy Lugauer. Was that a, a proper introduction, Lug? Evan, I appreciate it. You're rolling out the uh, the red carpet for me there. But was that accurate? Was that he, fair to say you're a mark for AEW? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been on the podcast many times, and I've told you that I'm not just a WWE fan. Of course, I was... Started as a WWF fan, Hulk Hogan, but uh, I love WCW, ECW, now New Japan, Ring of Honor, AEW. I like to consume a ton of wrestling. I'm not just somebody that's just, uh, you know, defends the WWE to the to the bitter end. So, yeah, I would like to think that I'm probably the most qualified, certainly in the building, to discuss AEW. Okay. And you are surprised that I am as into and as open <laughs> to AEW as I have been, correct? I am, because we were discussing this before we started, and there's just, you know... We're older now. We're married. And there's just so many nights. There's only so many nights in the week. And October is a huge sports month. And you get paid to talk sports. So there's no, you know, you have to watch your sports. But then you're going to have wrestling on Monday nights, your Wednesday nights, Friday nights. So there's so much to consume. And this is just being a WWE fan because you have NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. So to add more to that and add more to your plate with AEW and their pay-per-views, I find that fascinating. But I think what it is is that we're around the same age and we grew up in a world where there were two major companies. ECW was a three, and it was good, but it was more of a Northeast uh, promotion, and it was on late night. But, but really, WWE, WWF at the time, and WCW, on Monday nights, every night, every Monday night was a Super Bowl, and we loved it, and it was, a, it was such a golden age for wrestling. And I think for, for whatever, 20 years now, we've been pining for something. Because WWE, let's be honest, they've gotten stale. They haven't been great over the years. They've had their moments, but we've been pining for strong competition and alternative, something to flip the channels. And, and AEW, for the first time, in all due respect to, to TNA, they never made that big splash. They tried bringing in Hogan and Bischoff, and they went on Monday 
nights, but they never really were a big threat. I think for the first time now since WCW closed their doors back in 2001, we have a legitimate number two company in this country. Yeah, and I, I admit I was into TNA, and I gave TNA every shot in the world when they started as a weekly pay-per-view, which was a very interesting concept, and they quickly got away from that, and they went to the traditional model of let's have a weekly show and then a bigger pay-per-view to when they decided to go right up against Monday Night Raw, and it was ill-fated. I mean, it basically lasted a night. The intrigue of that one night, WWE had Bret Hart returning, yep. TNA had Hulk Hogan, and it basically turned into a horrible version of WCW that night, and it really went nowhere. This thing has intrigued me because I do want there to be competition, and I agree with you that there's already a lot of wrestling on the market. It's part of why, and this is one of the other differences between us, I, I haven't gotten into NXT, and a part of the reason mm -hmm. I've always said to you guys who love it hey, I don't think the product's bad. Anytime I've ever glanced at a pay-per-view, it's very good wrestling. It's that I just don't have enough time. And here's the other thing. I viewed it as a minor league. And as much as you would say, but it's not, it is. Because they would take guys from the minor league and eventually call them up to the major leagues and then waste them. It'd be like a big Met prospect coming <laughs> to the majors and hitting 225. Yeah. So that's why NXT has always kind of been on the outside for me. Now, we'll get into the fact that WWE is trying to combat AEW with NXT on regular TV as a weekly product, and they're probably going to try to elevate it. But when they first announced that here is this competitive wrestling organization, and I know Cody Rhodes, I've heard of the Young Bucks, but the truth is, as much as I had heard of the Young Bucks, I'd never seen them wrestle. Like, I just, I wasn't familiar with them, and I heard that they had a pay-per-view, and I had watched clips on YouTube, but the more recent pay-per-view, the one from a few weeks ago. All Out. All Out was the one where I said, said it to my wife, I said, I'm going to order this thing. I'm actually going to spend, I think it was $50. <laughs> I'm going to spend $50, and I'm going to watch this thing because I really do want to give it a fair shot. They're going to have this weekly show in October. This is their big pay-per-view, their real big event. I know they've had others, but this is the real big one, and I want to sit there like a wrestling fan and watch every second of it, and I did. And I think that's the part that really surprised you, that I sat there and you know I broke down all the matches with you because I watched the whole thing, and I thought there was a lot of it that was very, very good, and here's what I really liked. It was very different mm -hmm. because the one thing they can't do is be too similar to the WWE because we already have the WWE. So they've got to take a different approach. And a few of the things I liked, I'll throw at you. and We can go through the card basically and what we saw. Number one, this is the obvious part, Luke. They brought back hardcore and blood. And those are two very, very simple things. Uh -huh. But, dude, we never see that in the WWE anymore. I mean, occasionally we'll see blood, but usually it's by accident or it's a Brock Lesnar match. Or or they do it on purpose, which is even worse, by the yeah. way. They, get, they do it the hard way. Because I, I think with the corporate sponsors, they don't want, and it's obviously everyone knows how they, they create blood. Uh, I think that's like a bad look. But yet they have Brock Lesnar beating up Randy Orton for real out there getting color, which is even worse. So so that, I think that's the reason in that corporate environment where they've gotten yeah. away from that. And guys get fined. I think Batista got fined yeah. like, a, like a half a million or something well, they, like that for getting color once. So, yeah, they've gone, they've gone completely away from that over the years. And, and the one thing I think both of us and maybe a lot of people listening really appreciated was the Attitude Era. Not mm -hmm. every aspect of the Attitude Era because I yeah. think a lot of the storylines were over the top and really dumb. But that that realness of the fighting. So when I was uh -huh. watching the Cracker Barrel Clash, which <laughs> I got to tell you, when they first announced, oh, yeah. this is the Cracker Barrel Clash, yeah. 
I said to myself, what? The Cracker Barrel? I'm thinking, first of all, of the food place, Cracker Barrel, which I get. They must have gotten paid by Cracker Barrel, Oh, right? yeah, they're a sponsor. Okay. Yeah, they're a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know that much about Joey Janela. I don't know that much about Darby Allen. Yeah. I don't know that much about Jimmy Havoc. Mm-hmm. But they did so much creative stuff in this match. For example, the paper cut stuff. When And I forget who did it. Maybe it was Joey Janela. When he starts giving paper cuts to the other wrestlers. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dude, I got to tell you, because A, paper cuts legitimately hurt. I mean, who's kidding who? It's not as if it's some kind of weird wrestling thing. Yeah. If I went over to you right now and gave you a paper cut, it would hurt. And so he's giving his opponents paper cuts. And, and the broadcasters, JR included, they're selling it. They're selling it really good. I, I don't know why. Bro, but I love that. That jumped out at me, and it was very different in that Cracker Barrel match. Well, yeah, and, and Darby Allen used a skateboard, which I've never... I've been watching wrestling forever. I don't recall anybody ever doing an ollie off the ropes onto their opponent. So, it obviously, it's creative stuff. I mean, those three guys have made their names on the indies uh, for being in... For death matches. I mean, they, and that's not just all what they're about. I mean, Jimmy Havoc has a very, very... Uh, well-versed background training. I mean, he uh, he went to school with uh, Will Ospreay. Any of you guys that know a lot about wrestling know him. So, he, uh, uh, not Will Ospreay. He was with, um, oh, God, I'm forgetting his name right now. It'll, it'll come to me. But um, he has a big uh, training in, in, in British-style wrestling. And Darby Allen's a great worker. He had that match with Cody where they went to a draw. So, that's not just the style they do. But, you know, it's what they're known for. And they just threw out there everything but the kitchen sink. I mean, he did the uh, the coffin drop with the uh, with the Cracker Barrel. And, yes. like you said, the paper cuts. Uh, Joey Janela did that flip onto the chair where he, st- where he stayed seated on the chair. That was tremendous. Obviously, the bump they did through the table on the outside was was incredible. It's not for everybody. Listen, I mean, people are going to watch that match, and there's going to be people that are like, I don't like this. But I think wrestling always should be like a great menu. It should have multiple things and something for everybody. A lot of times I think WWE gets into the habit where every match, everybody out there, every promo, everything feels the same. So I think what AEW is trying to do, and I think this is smart, and I think this is what WCW did when they were in their heyday was – Everything feels different. You have a little bit of something for everybody. Maybe you don't like the hardcore match, but you like you might like this match. And maybe you don't like that, but you might like the hardcore match. And I think that's important because not every wrestling is the same, right? Like, what you may like is not something I like. So you want to give your audience yeah. something, especially if you're going to try to bring it out there to the masses. Well, and you're right. WCW did a great job of that with the Cruiserweight division. I mean, the Cruiserweight division was very, very good for a while. And... I think when watching this, I realized I missed the hardcore division. I mean, we really haven't had it in WWE in a very, very long time. I mean, you'll get guys, you know, going through tables and whatnot. But I think, you know, when Janela is stapling himself, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. something straight out of Mick Foley 1999. And yes. then I love the crowd was chanting, you sick F word. Yes. That was, <laughs> that and, was and, good. And, and something you notice, and I like what they did was that they were kind of showing the crowd and what you notice is it's a lot of your older fans, and it, it, it kind of has that great environment. Like, I think WCW also captured that when they would do the shows at, like, Club La Vila, and it was on spring break. And I think that what the important thing in wrestling is the cool factor. If you can have a cool product, you are off to the races. And I think a lot of times now with wrestling, and there have been periods where you have to kind of be like, yeah, I, you know, I, I like wrestling. And, you, you know, it's like dorky, and you don't really want to admit it. 
But in the 90s, everybody was watching because it was cool. Austin was cool. The NWO was cool. The Rock was cool. DX was cool. Foley was cool. Hardcore was cool. All the, you know, now in this day and age, obviously you can't do this as much, but the women like Sable and all that stuff, it was cool. It was cool to be a wrestling fan. Everybody was talking about it. So I think that's so important. And showing the fans and showing that like that older adult audience. And listen, we all started as kids and you don't want to shy away from kids, but I think that their product is going to be more TV 14 and they're going to go and and all their shows are on like college campuses or a lot of them are. And I think that's smart is cornering that market of that, you know, 18 to 35, you know, that, that, that's where you really want to get your fans from. And I think you're seeing it from their product with the blood and guts. I think you're seeing it from their, their promos and everything like that. So I I think that's where the the wrestlers they brought in are younger. So I think that's, that's the direction they're going. I think it's smart. Everything has to be, I shouldn't say everything. Most things have to be different because you just don't want to be the WWE light or another version of WWE. You have to be different. What I liked about the crackle barrel class, whatever they called it, Is it was freaking different. It was yeah. very, very different. And okay, so this this is something I'm very mixed about. I know you're a big fan of it, but then again, you're a mark for AEW. <laughs> Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Yes. Yes. All right. So the first time I ever saw Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, I think I saw it on YouTube, maybe at one of the other pay per view events that they had. All right. Maybe it was the the fight for the fallen or whatever that whatever the heck else they had. Yeah, that's that was the one. And the, the first thing I said to you when I saw you a few days later is, What the hell was that? Is there a there's a dinosaur and a boy? That's what they're calling them. Well, dinosaur and a boy? He he's a di- <laughs> he's a dinosaur with a master's degree. Legitimately has one. Um, Wait, who but, has a master's degree? Luchasaurus. He legitimately has <laughs> As a master's degree, and I think that they haven't exactly defined the character, but I think they're going to go with the fact that he is a legitimate dinosaur. And as a master's degree, you can't write this stuff. I mean, print the you could print the money here. And I told you on the on the side there because I listened to Jericho's podcast when he was uh, going over the event all out, and he said that their T-shirt, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, was the highest grossing T-shirt of the entire weekend. That includes Cody Rhodes, that includes Kenny Omega, Jericho, and when they came out, they get it. They get a they superstar a reaction. Bump. Well, and that's it. Listen so, to the audience. Well, why? Watching them wrestle, and I guess it was really a six-man match. Yeah, because they had Marco stunt with them, yeah. Well, what the hell is a Marco stunt, by the way? What is that? <laughs> I don't know. I think Jet might be taller than Marco stunt. <laughs> I was stunt, thinking. Yeah. Was but that it's a different. Child? It's different. It's different. I, I get it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm watching SCU, you know, yes. uh, Christopher Daniels, Fallen Angel. And by the way, he looked terrible. I mean, he looks old. Oh, he's older, yeah. No, I get it. I mean, he's a shell of his former self. I just remember Christopher Daniels from TNA. Mm-hmm. I remember being a hell of a performer in the X Division. So to see him out there with a cane, basically, and trying to work the crowd, I don't know. It was awkward. It was awkward. I mean, SCU's I, I a admit. really good act. I, I get it that Daniels, I think he might be in his 50s now, certainly late 40s. Um I think they're a really good act. They're they're over with the crowd, they but, are, but yeah. I understand that. And they have Scorpio Sky in there, who's a younger guy that can go in there and do all their uh, the faster moves. You know what I mean? Well, with they, guys like Jungle Boy, those guys were good. It yeah. was. I, I guess maybe it's because I was familiar with Daniels. If I wasn't mm-hmm. familiar with Christopher Daniels, I'd say, all right, there's some old guy who's the the third man, <laughs> just like there's this really really tiny kid as the third man for with a, a dinosaur Boy. and a master's degree right. and Jungle Boy, who's Luke Perry, the late Luke Perry's well, son. Uh, yeah, bro, I see. Yeah. That was the oh. thing. I'm watching this match, and as I'm watching, I'm like, let me do a little research, because again, I'm not familiar with a lot of these guys, so I started reading Christopher Daniels' history, because I remembered him with TNA, and I remembered the wild rumor that he was going to be the higher power before yeah. they went with Vince McMahon. Before they went with Vince McMahon, yep. Who they, they, and they actually, uh, on their YouTube show they do, Being the Elite, they actually poked fun at this. They had a bit where Cody Rhodes had got, uh, you know, possessed, 
Right by like the WWE, so he was like, "It's it's you got to go back and you just go back and look." But but Cody Rhodes gets possessed, and they actually crack fun at this as as Christopher uh, Daniels being the uh, you know as being rumored to in that uh, angle. That's funny. That yeah, it was very, very, very. It was actually really, really well done and very, very funny. Yeah. So I, 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 I implore anybody that wants to get into AEW to follow along with being the elite. It's like a YouTube show they do. It's like very uh, satiric. See, that's the thing. Uh, it's I, funny. It's really good. It's like 15 minutes. It doesn't take a lot of time out of your day. It's really, really well done. Th- that was the thing. I'm watching this event not realizing how these matches were built up or anything. And yes. I, and I realized that they do angles on YouTube. And they, they do have... a Road 2 series, which yeah. is very similar to what like UFC and boxing does, which are also very... Those are a little bit higher production than the Being the Elite. Being the Elite's more like guerrilla style, just still, with the camcorders. Is this going to be something they rely on even with that, even with a weekly television I, I, show? I'm told that Being the Elite, or what I'm told, what I've heard is that Being the Elite's going to stick around. I mean, that's their bread and butter. That's really All where right. they built their fans. I don't know about the Road 2 series, but I, I would like to think they would because I think that it's smart to use that type of medium because we all know like this day and age people have low attention spans so if you put out a 10 minute video on youtube it's a good way to get people over and listen a two-hour tv show really it's 90 minutes not everybody's going to get to get on that 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 show so it's another way to get your talent over so i think it's a smart move it's funny because we're so used to five hours of smackdown (laughs) i know right that's it's it's a chore and now you're looking at less than half of that yep 90 minutes to put their product over so you're probably gonna and i'm certain i'm certain that this is appealing to guys they don't have to appear on every show. I mean, no. because they probably have enough guys where with the commercials, with it only being two hours, even a guy like Chris Jericho, one of their biggest stars right now, I don't think he necessarily has to appear on every weekly show. But back to that match, when I Googled about Christopher Daniels, I then went to this Jungle Boy. I said, I got to learn more about this Jungle Boy guy. Dude, I almost fell off my chair when I saw he was yep. Luke Perry's son. Yep. I was stunned by that. I mean, first of all, I'm in the midst of watching the new 90210, which, of course, unfortunately doesn't have poor Luke Perry because he passed away. Mm-hmm. I'm a big 90210 guy, and now I'm reading that this schmuck in the middle of the ring with the long hair is Luke Perry. So I could not get over it, and for the rest of the match, I'm staring at him, seeing, can I see Luke in him? Do I see Luke in him? And I kind of do. Well, it's interesting because, yeah, you definitely see a lot of him. Good-looking kid, you know, and, and, and another guy, when he gets out there, he gets a great reaction. He's just a, you would think a guy like that in this day and age would get booed out of the building. He just has that look about him where you think like males, like 25, they're going to just boo this guy, right? And they don't. He always gets a great reaction. It's a great act. And I thought JR, who's, we could get into JR a little bit. He's got his moments where he's like, kind of like knocking the company. You could tell there's stuff on the show that he doesn't agree with. And he doesn't hold back. And then there's some stuff where he's great and it's perfect. And I think it's going to be his bread and butter. And I think those are the matches that are a little bit more emotion, a little more old school, certainly the Cody Road matches. But he kept calling him Jungle Jack Perry, which is not really his name. It's Jungle Boy. But I think in a lot of ways, and maybe this is subliminal, but it's smart because people may go, Perry, that's an that's 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 familiar. Wait a minute, let me Google him, and then you find out that it's Luke Perry's son, and then you I don't know I don't know what it does for him, but it adds a little something to it. But I think as a company, they probably want to shy away from that because it kind of goes away. You're keeping it from the kayfabe yeah. perspective. It doesn't really make any sense that his dad's Luke Perry. You know yeah. what I mean, first character. And can Luchasaurus become a superstar when he's a dinosaur? I think so. I I'm telling you, I think that character, that act. But specifically him, but that entire act is going to be huge for that company. I would think think um, X Pac Kane, 
Um, you know, obviously, and they've been in the news lately too. But Enzo and Big Cass, I mean, listen, they they have their own issues. Off, Are they going to call the them the Jurassic Express? I that's a very. I don't bad love name. that name. I, it's a it's a bad name. I, I think I would just go with like a boy, a, a smaller boy, and his dinosaur, which is what they would. Go, that's what they. That's kind. I like that name better, and they've used that. Um, or they could just go by their three names. I don't think everybody necessarily has to have a name. Um, I think WWE gets into into that habit with marketing and branding, and everybody has to have a freaking nickname. So I, I'm cool with everybody just be calling that. But I have a feeling they are going to be one of the more popular acts, not only in that company, but in wrestling on a whole. Now, to your point about JR, and I think this goes with what I was seeing on this show, you, you can't be too WWE, as we talked about, but you, de- you do need some familiarity, right? Yes. So that's why... Chris Jericho being the first world champion was the sense. right move. Made that's, all the sense in the world. That's why Bastard Pac, even though that wasn't his name in WWE. <laughs> and it's Pac now. Pac? It's, it was Pac, but uh, now for some reason it's Pac. Oh, I don't know. I haven't fi- figured out or found out why, but it was as, Pac, but now it is actually Pac. As long as they keep Bastard there, that's okay. <laughs> you know, John Moxley, guys like that. Sure. I think it is very important for there to be familiarity. Yeah. And that's where Jim Ross is very important. And Tony Schiavone, of course. Uh, not as much with Tony Schiavone I, because, dude, he hasn't been in wrestling in two decades. But he has so much history on that channel. No, I understand. And Jim does too. But 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 Schiavone is like was like was the voice of WCW. I, I have no problem with Tony Schiavone TNT, being there. Yeah. Right. I have no problem with Tony Schiavone being there. I like it. I think it's kind of cool. But I think Jr. is more important because Jim Ross was the voice of WWE all the yeah. way up until like the last ten years. Mm-hmm. And even though he, he's lost a step, I don't think there's any question. I, yeah. I don't think he's nearly the same Jr. I think obviously he's got to learn more about the product that he's calling. I would agree. I it it does annoy me a little bit when I'm he doesn't sure. know guys' names and I'm moves, sure. and, and I think that's why you have guys like Golden Boy and Excalibur there because they know the moves yes. and they know the names. A la Mike Tenay. I mean, Gorilla Monsoon didn't know the names of the holds either, right. but they know Jr. knows how to put the story over and what's important. And, and there's certain matches that don't necessarily call for that, and that's where I think he kind of gets lost in the shovel shuffle but the ones that do he really shines and he can and still just, bring it just hearing him just hearing that voice so i, I yeah. think he's one of those guys that even past his prime even without a 95 mile an hour fastball <laughs> is still good and valuable yeah. there were guys there were guys not like that jerry lawler was not like that at the end they had to get rid of him i thought he was corny not funny even mm. now when they stick him in the middle of the ring oh I, th- I thought he was terrible i liked him with morrow on smackdown that's just me oh, personally i did dude. i really i like that combination J- jerry that- jerry lawler lost it i mean he I think he was one of the best, you know, oh, amazing. WWE yes. heel analysts they had. I think Ventura and Heenan a yeah. little above him, but then he, Jer- the King, is right there. Well, you could argue I, any one of them, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't look, say you're Lawler wrong. Lawler was great, but he lost it, and, yeah. and he became corny and over the top. Okay. And even now, I, yeah. I mean, anytime I see him, I just cringe. I said, "Keep this right. guy off TV." Jr. can still go. I, I think you're right. You got to surround them with voices that know what the hell's going on. And to Gorilla, to Gorilla Monsoon. I used to hear my dad would tell me that Gorilla Monsoon would literally make up wrestling moves in the middle of the matches. He'd yeah, make it up. Yeah, and go with it. Like, oh, he's got a double barrel DDX on him right now, and all us five year olds are like, yeah, yeah it sure. didn't matter. He didn't know the holds, but he knew how to get the story over. His chemistry with Ventura and Heenan were legendary, and 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 Gorilla is is beloved for that. And, and you don't as to, and Shivani didn't always know the holds when he was on WCW. You don't have to know every freaking move and every guy, but there's certain things like yeah. he didn't know like Evil Uno's name in the Dark Order. So like certain things like that, it's like 
uh, come on. Yeah. I mean, they're on the show. Like, he didn't, like, when Orange Cassidy came out, he kind of was, like, confused. Now, I think I, I saw a podcast with him where he doesn't get told, like, the finish and stuff like that. So who knows if he even knew the guy was you coming know, out. He might not even know who the guy is. So, I, but, I always wondered in wrestling <laughs> yeah. if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I think part of me says it's a good thing because you want that natural surprise. Correct. But... Sometimes you got to sell what just happened. And if you didn't know it was going to happen, it's tougher to sell. My first reaction to Orange Cassidy, who I knew nothing about, <laughs> my first reaction was yeah. very positive. Oh, good. Very I'm, positive. I'm, I'm happy to hear that because yeah. he is a very, I'm trying to think of an athlete in, that we've seen, but he is a very polarizing figure in wrestling. Um, obviously, not everybody's going to f- be familiar with him. If you watch Raw every Monday night, you never heard of Orange Cassidy. But within the... You know, uh, internet wrestling community, whatever you want to call it, the hard, the hardcores, the smarts, whatever the word you want to call for it. Even amongst that community, where I think he appeals to, there, there's guys that are um, on both sides of the fences. It'll be very interesting to see how he appeals to the masses because he is so different and so unique. Now it's comedy wrestling, but he's also got a he's he's very good. But his shtick and his character is very comedic. Now those of you that know it, you could set it up here, but um, it'll be interesting to see. He'll get a great reaction as he did that night. He'll get great live reactions. But will he be a channel changer or will people want to watch him? I'll be very interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is, you know, with guys that I'm seeing for the first time, negative reactions could turn into positives and positives can turn into negatives. Uh I think we're going to tell over time. I mean, we get to watch Raw and SmackDown and have pay-per-views every month, so it's easier to get sick of guys in WWE. I thought the Pac, is it Pac you said? Pac, yeah. Pac Omega was a great match. Great match. Just a tremendous match. And here's what I love about it, because I was saying this about, uh, the last pay-per-view the WWE had where Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch had a great match. The problem is there was no ending, and I understand why there was no ending, but it's tough to go all the way and say, hey, a match is great if you don't give us that payoff at the end. I thought the way they ended Omega Pac was very good by having him pass out, you know? Oh, I thought that was a great finish. I First, love that. I think Pac needed the win. First, obviously, matching the company, and you're going to program him with Adam Page here, a guy they obviously have huge hopes for, and I, I think Pac they have a lot of a lot of hopes for as well. And I think they're obviously building up the storyline of Kenny Omega losing. Uh, I fully expect him to lose to Moxley at full gear in, in Baltimore in November. Um, and if you watch Being Elite, Being the Elite like I do, they're kind of transforming. It looks like Kenny Omega's character. I don't know if it's a heel turn. I don't know. But he used to be a heel when he was the cleaner in Japan. This is before his his big, big run with them when he, when, when he won the title. But... Uh, well, he still was a cleaner, but I'm sorry. I'm saying as far as a heel. But so now that looks like he's going in that direction. I don't want to say it's totally like a broken Matt Hardy, but it's like that kind of like psycho sort of thing. I'm sure they'll play it out on TV if you want to go check it out or whatever. So I think that's kind of the direction they're going with Kenny, where I think ultimately the goal is to get his way. You know, he's going to lose. He's going to lose. He's going to go in this direction. Right. He's going to snap out of it and beat Jericho for the title in their third match ever, going with their first match being in Japan, the next you, one on AEW, and then think, this one though, here. Here's the one thing I'm worried about, because Kenny Omega is a name I've heard so often, and up until recently, I'd never seen him wrestle. And I he's mean, a huge, and he's very, very important for them on two levels. Number one, he's a big video gamer, and as you know, most kids play video games, so you may not know anything about wrestling, and you know who Kenny Omega is, number one. Number two, he's one of the best workers in the world, so he's very, very important to that company. And that's why I wonder, is it a really dangerous thing to have hmm. him continue to lose? Because I've never seen him win, and so... I don't know. And again, it's not just people that know Kenny Omega. I mean, when they get on TNT, 
they're going to try to introduce themselves to people that never watch the YouTube show. Correct. And never watch the paper. Absolutely. And so that's the only thing I wonder about. I'm looking past the fact he keeps losing because I think that that story. I even said it to you. I've watched five minutes and I said, so I get this feeling, Lugie, Kenny Omega is going to lose a bunch since they put a real emphasis on win loss record. Yes. And he's ultimately going to come back and on a winning streak and beat Chris Jericho for the title. So I can see where they may go with it. But I just wonder if it's going to damage him because a lot of people aren't familiar with Kenny Omega. That'll be interesting, and you're right. And I've seen that, and I've heard, and I'm you know being on Twitter or whatever, reading some some dirt sheets or whatever. And there have been people that are, I don't want to say critical, but skeptical about Kenny having a losing streak because he is one of your bigger stars, and this is his first. I mean, Kenny wrestled for years in Japan. This is his really his first major exposure. Uh, to American fans, really. I mean, he did some stuff with the Ring of Honor and obviously with the AEW here, but this is his first major exposure on TNT. And he, obviously, they're going to build up the the, uh, the losing streak, and I expect him, like I said, to lose t- to Moxley. So it's very, very, very risky because he's one of your bigger stars. But I think, and I trust what they're doing here because I think that no matter what they do, everything is going to make sense it's going to be logical and there's going to be a payoff so i trust the process and i trust where they're going with this one of the things i am critical about wwe is is they seemingly write the show on a freaking yes. napkin every week yeah. and they forget about what they did last week and they change their mind and one minute it's this and one minute it's that and one minute bailey and sasha are feuding and now they're a tag team and now they're feuding again and there's nothing they don't have seemingly any long term planning which drives me crazy because you as a viewer Get very. It's like any of your favorite TV shows. If they start doing crazy stuff, you're gonna lose. You're gonna get disinterested. You want to make see the story make some sense. <laughs> no, mean, absolutely. It's not a lot to ask for. I mean, I, I think it's it's like any good TV show. You have a season and you know where you want to go. You yeah. know where the arc is going. And I think if that's how they're gonna write this thing, and it's interesting how the wrestlers are basically the writers, which right. sounds good on paper, but. Wasn't that part of the problem in WCW where the wrestlers had too much power and that eventually got I abused? ultimately think that Tony Khan is the is the final say, though, a la Vince McMahon. I do think he kind of has the final word on everything. And I think right now everybody is, you know, kind of on a good... Everyone's in a good place. You know, no one's yeah. really oh, going to Oh, for use... sure. I think it's a very much a rah-rah... For now. Like ECW was. Like, right. we're, we're, we're the underdogs and we're, you know, everybody's for the team. Right. I am having a tough time getting into Cody Rhodes. All right? I don't think he's A, okay. that good in a ring. B, I, I already know he's the boss. And <laughs> I just... And I don't want to blame WWE because I don't think he was a bad performer in WWE. He was a very solid mid He was underused. Worker. There's no doubt about okay, it. Though. He was okay. underused. A lot of guys have been underused over the years. I, I just, when I heard that, oh, he's getting the shot against Chris Jericho, it's a big disappointment. I don't need to see it. It doesn't excite me at all. Two things. Number one, as far as Cody himself, you got to give the guy a ton of credit. I mean, obviously, the son of Dusty Rhodes, he would have had a job in WWE forever. Uh, but it didn't look like they were you going to use him. And you know what? He bet on himself, and he left, and he went on the independent scene, which now is, you know, obviously, um, you know, has, has been growing and growing. And obviously, when he left, he never thought this would, you know, AEW would come around. But, like, you got to give the guy a ton of credit for betting on himself and saying, you know what? I don't need this place, and I'm going to go out much like my dad did, and I'm going to go make a name, and I'm going to be the outlaw and be, be in the company, you know, beat not obviously not AEW at the time because it didn't exist, but I'm going to go out there and make my name for myself. And he deserves a lot of credit for that. Going back to him getting the shot against Jericho, logically it makes sense it does. because he's won his matches. Totally he's got one that. draw, he's 2-0. Yep. He gets a great reaction when he goes out there. So logically it makes sense. 
I don't know the other guy you would have wanted to see there. I ultimately don't think he's going to beat Jericho. No. I think they're clearly setting up a split between him and MJF, and we haven't gotten into it. MJF, a Long Island guy, great talker. I think he has superstar written all over him. He's one of those guys that just, when you hear him talk, you go, all right, this guy's a star. I mean, he's not going to go out there and do 500 flips. He's not going to wrestle on thumbtacks. He's not going to do all that stuff. But he's going to be like your old school Roddy Pipers, the guys that talk you into the building and, and can generate real heat. You saw it a little bit there. They've been planning it a while online and stuff like that, but you saw it after the match where he kind of grabbed the chair, looked right. at Cody, and then put it down. So you could you could see it's coming. Um, and I don't know if they do it here. Maybe they do, and that's another reason to give Cody the shot because I think the story is being built for the Cody-MJF feud yeah, no, I'm not, rather than Cody getting the title. Yeah, I'm not worried at all about Cody getting the title, and I think right. that they need Jericho to have a sustained Without run. a doubt. Jericho is far and away the biggest name in the company. Far and away. I mean, he is a WWE. And he knows how to get himself and everything he does over. He does. The, the one critique I'll have, and I'm not saying this is necessarily of Chris Jericho, I think the main event match where the title was put on him was 10 minutes too long. I, I think that Jericho can still go. There's no doubt about it. He yeah. still reinvents himself. He's still great on the mic. I'm throwing him every bouquet in the world. I do not think he can go 30 minutes in a ring anymore. I think, I think that was tough. To, I, I I agree with putting the match on last. It was very difficult following that ladder match. No, no, and, and I think it hurt the main event. I, I think the match was better. It would have been better if not following that match. You always run into that, but this had to be the main event because be. you're crowning the be. first ever yes. AEW champion. I just think that it could have been a 12-minute match. I think there are some main events. Look, a lot of times in the WWE, and I don't think it's a bad formula, your main event is not the longest match of the night. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be. It just needs to give you that payoff. It needs action, which I think they had for 12 or 14 minutes, and I think Jericho sort of ran out of gas, which, which I get. He's not 25 years old anymore. Right. I didn't think the match was bad by any. Was it Triple H, Roman Reigns from WrestleMania that went on and on? No, no. It wasn't or Triple that H bad. and anybody really <laughs> that goes H on Batista. and on. Everybody, he's yeah. always got the longest match on the show, no, especially Mania. Absolutely, take your pick. Yep. I just, I'm, I'm being critical. I think they could have cut a good 10 minutes out of it. I get why Jericho but, won. I did find myself rooting for the Hangman in this match, but I kind of knew where they were going, and that they had to go there. He's the biggest name. Put no, the I belt think, on him. Oh, absolutely. You got to put Jericho. You're going on TNT. You got to put the belt on, on, on Jericho. He's the biggest star, without a doubt. Um, I think their onus is going to be on longer matches. You notice you don't get a lot. Now, we'll see on TV, but you notice you're not getting a lot of fluff. It's a match. It ends. They go right to the next match. And, I, and they're, you know, you could argue some of the matches go a little too long. Maybe some of the matches go a little too short. There's always going to be those arguments. But at the end of the day, I'm always going to want more wrestling and less video packages. Like, I never understood, like, why during pay-per-views, like WWE pay-per-views, they're showing me video packages. I've seen these video packages a right, hundred right. times, yeah. and I bought the show already. You don't, you don't have to sell me on it. I've already bought the right. show. Right, you got me. I'm a customer. You know, I'm, it's 20, 30 minutes wasted on this. That's why these shows run seven hours. I, 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 it drives me nuts. So I do like that they go boom, 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 boom. Now, I'm obviously being extremely complimentary of AEW, and I was certainly will knock them here. It's not like I'm just going to – I don't want to just feel like I'm throwing bouquets their way the entire time. I'm not on the payroll. But there are a lot of things I like, and I will admit I do want to see them succeed, but I do think they are a viable company, and I do think they've already done a, more than any other company not named WCW has ever done. So, um, But there are some things that I absolutely think they need to tighten up without a doubt. It is my favorite month of the year. It's September. You know what that means. The NFL on CBS is back. You can stream your local game live every Sunday with CBS All Access. It's available across all your favorite devices. And right now, 
You can use this, Lugie. Go to cbs.com slash Evan to get a free one-week trial of CBS All Access. cbs.com slash Evan to get a free one-week trial of CBS All Access. Do, do they need another? And I know CM Punk is the obvious dream. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either, no. But do they need another former WWE star, or do you no. like this roster and say they can succeed without adding another bigger name? I think for the long run, I, I think that building younger stars, guys you never heard of, is the right move for the long term. Um, obviously, if a if I mean, listen, if, you know, The Rock wants to come to AEW, <laughs> you sign him, obviously, that goes without saying. There's certain names that are no-brainers. Um, I also like the idea of bringing in guys that have been underutilized in WWE and sort of giving them a fresh look, uh, much like they've done with uh, Sean Spears, Ty Dillinger. I like that. I have no issues with that. I would not fall into the trap, though, of bringing over every single WWE guy because then you fall into what Impact TNA did, and they bring over Christian and Tomko, and, and Angle was a great signing, but still Booker T and all these guys, and you just come off like like sort of like the WWE cast-offs go here. So I would I would I like to build from the bottom up than just bringing over every single guy WWE releases. Well, let's be honest here. WWE is not going to release anybody at this no. point. They know the competition is no. there. Vince has made this mistake once. If you, He's going to hold you to that contract. But when people leave and their their deals are, are done, I would take a long look, but I'd be very careful, and I would cherry-pick the right guys the, or the, gals. The only, you know, besides you know, The Rock comes from Hollywood to show up, which sure. I can't imagine, or John Cena. Cena. And that stuff's not That's happening. not happening, though. No. Uh, the guy that would make the biggest difference is CM Punk because, and, and I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's going to do that. I don't know if the guy ever really wants to wrestle again, but I think that that would be the only move in this post WCW WWF jumping ship era. You know, uh -huh. that would be the one thing that would make a difference because I think what happened with TNA, and you kind of touched on it. The guys that they got were guys the WWE decided to move on from, you know, mm -hmm. for the most part. I mean, they decided, look, Kurt Angle has issues. We're going to let him go. You know, Booker T, we've done everything we could with him. We're, we're okay. We're going to let him go. It never felt the way it did with WCW, WWF, where guys were jumping ship. Guys were saying, I'm. And it meant something. Yeah. CM Punk would mean something. I don't think they could pull it off. I think that would be a game-changing moment. I don't know, you know, Punk's interesting because he could be fooling all of us. You never sure. know. I mean, this guy could have a secret deal with AEW. It's wrestling. Yeah, it's wrestling. <laughs> Just like CM Punk could return to the WWE Absolutely. as much as we at least expect. I agree with you on that. I think both are on the table. Um, he certainly seems content, and it certainly seems like he doesn't want to come back, but what's the old adage? You never say never in wrestling. Nobody seems to stay away. Even Shawn Michaels came back. Nobody ever seems to to stay away for good. Um I think AEW is more appeal could be more appealing because they can give him a lighter schedule. Although I think WWE would give him obviously whatever he wanted. It from that standpoint, they're going to have to mend some fences there for sure. Um, I don't know if they're going to want to, but I think with the competition out there, they're probably trying to woo him back for sure. What is and this is going to be the key, and this is what I'm very excited about when they do have their weekly show. I'm much more excited about AEW than NXT. I'm telling you, NXT is going to have to really woo me for them for me to spend any more of my time watching wrestling. Well, NXT is going to start out at full sale, which is going to look minor league. I'm telling you, when they're going head-to-head -head with AEW and, and, and AEW's at arenas that hold 10,000 yeah. people and, and, and uh, WWE's in full sale, but I don't think that'll last long, especially if they lose 
and the ratings you watch, they'll they'll move right out I of there. I just don't care about WWE's NXT. I just okay. don't. I mean, I've yeah. seen the guys. Okay. I get it. I they, It's been on the network for a while. So AEW, clearly they don't have any stars in your mind. In your mind. Well, that, and I think that's I think that's where WWE, and I don't want to make this just about Bash and them, but I think they've struggled with making stars, and I think that's what AEW it's so paramount well, to do that. AEW is trying to compete as a major league wrestling organization. Yes. NXT is WWE saying, let's have a third brand. Yeah. That's what that, and that's, that's certainly what it looks like for sure. That's of course what it is. So, yeah. and that's interesting. I, I mean, I hope Vince McMahon understands this. A guy like me who's WWE through and through, I have no interest in NXT live. I am all interested in AEW. And, and I, I'm so curious what their show looks like. You yep. know, does it, does the show open? And by the way, one negative thing, if they're going with the name Dynamite, that's a terrible name. I, I did see that. They, they, they filed for that like a year ago and then they filed for it again. I also saw Revolution, I think they filed uh, for that one terrible. as well. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I, 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 that, I agree. I mean, like the, not, the name is, is not great. Um, I don't really care about the name, but, but I, I, if you want to say the name stinks, I, I can't argue <laughs> for the name, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I'm just curious what the show is going to be like. Does it open with a promo? Does it, well, they're, they're opening just... with oh, with the with the well, they're opening with a match. But I know what you're saying. No, no, like, but on a, open, yeah, on like a weekly basis. You yeah. know, because well, every single Wednesday night when I turn it on, it's going to be heavy promos, is straight to the matches. I, I I'm, I'm excited. I, I don't know what it's going to be because I, I always said this to you. Yeah, it's easy to just book a three-hour pay-per-view and have people say, oh, wow, that was awesome, like I did for their pay-per-view yes. uh, a couple of weeks ago. A weekly television show remaining compelling, that's a challenge, man. It is a challenge, and like I said, some of the issues I've had with them so far in their new company and all that, they've had some production issues. Uh, they've had some issues where the announcers are a little lost. There's been some things that have been a little sloppy. Their new company, whatever you gotta, you gotta tighten that up when you get to TNT. No doubt about it. It'll be interesting to see what uh, broadcasting team they go with. Do they go with Jr. and Shivani? Do they mix and match? Uh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll see. Uh, I think that remains. To, I, I think for sure Shivani is going to be involved on some level. I don't know if it's going to be for the for, for the two hours. If he's going to be there every week, I don't know. We'll find that out. I'm sure week one. But like you said, we don't know what they're going to do. But I am convinced, no matter what. You are going to see a product that is vastly different than WWE. I think wins and losses will matter. Mm. The promos won't be scripted. There'll be more wrestling. There'll be less fluff. There'll be more violence. There'll be probably a little bit more language involved. I like and it. I think that that's going to be very interesting to see. And for anybody that doesn't want this to succeed, it blows my mind because Why would it's any... like because I think Ev, I think there are fans that have grown up in a world where WWE is the only thing that has existed. We remember the days of WCW. We remember ECW. We re some people remember the NWA. I mean, or the territories. But for fans of like the last whatever twenty years, if you've just grown up in this world where it's only WWE and WrestleMania and Raw, and that's the only thing that exists, you don't want to see anybody. You have your home team. You don't want to see a visiting team. You like your team, and that's it. And I think that's stupid because competition brings out the best in the wrestlers, in the fans, in the company, and everything. And you're already seeing it now. And I just think this is such an this is the most exciting time in wrestling in the last two decades. I'm pumped up. I can't wait for October second. I can't wait for SmackDown on Fox. I think it's going to be amazing. And anybody that wants to throw cold water on this is just being a WWE fanboy. And I'm sorry, that's the case. It's just a great thing for wrestling. I'm excited. You're excited. Yeah. Everybody's excited. I'm excited. I think competition is good. I dream of the days that we had in the late '90s 
of these two wrestling organizations competing. And as I showed you by how I diligently watched that pay-per-view, <laughs> I am, no pun intended, all in. You're all in. And listen, every and and now we get to every week talk about now you could talk about both company. It, it it's just it's so exciting. I just remember being a kid and and now th more things are more accessible now, but I just remember you reading know, the rumors and who's going to do this and who's going to do that. And guess what? It's back. It's back. You it's know so what's much in, fun. You know what's in trouble in my, for for me. Now okay. I can't speak for everybody else. Here's what's in trouble for me. Monday Night Raw is an institution. So even when there's a Monday Night Football game or there's a big Met game, I may not watch it live, but by Tuesday or Wednesday, I got Raw. Yeah. All right, I know what happened on Raw. It's an institution. It's been around since 1993. Yep. SmackDown's had a big problem because SmackDown has moved all over the place. All over. It's been Thursday. It's been Friday. It's been Tuesday. Different networks. Different networks. That doesn't bother me as much. It's more the days. Okay. I have liked Tuesday SmackDown. It has worked for me. For whatever reason, maybe it's the momentum of the fact Raw was the night before. Hmm. Maybe it's the fact that if there's a pay-per-view on a Sunday, I'm not waiting five days before I see the fallout from the SmackDown wrestlers. So right. I've liked Tuesday. I think Friday's a disaster. I, I really do. And I get they're going to Fox. They're making a ton of money. For a guy like me, I don't watch this stuff live. I'm a DVR guy. Sure. I don't know if Saturday or Sunday I'm getting a SmackDown. Well, I think that they are the, that Friday night window is awful. I think Wednesday is solid. I can see myself watching more AEW than Friday SmackDown. Well, listen, I mean, that, that could be a big issue there because obviously Fox paid a, quite a penny for them to be on there. And if people don't watch, that's going to be an issue. And Friday night, listen, Friday, Saturday nights are tough nights for TV. I mean, things notwithstanding, certain things obviously are, are going to get monster ratings no matter what night. But a Friday night wrestling show, like we said, with Raw, with Wednesday night being two shows, will they garner the viewership? You know they're going to load that show up. Yep. I mean, that's going to no, be a show. You are going to see Roman Reigns. You are going to see Ronda Rousey if she comes back. You are going to see Brock Lesnar on Friday nights. That's the reality of it. Raw is going to become the B show. No doubt in my mind because Fox paid, what, over a billion dollars for the show. They're going to load that show up. Will that garner people to want to take their Friday nights instead of go to the movies instead of doing what? To watch wrestling? We're going to find out because the, the numbers don't lie. We're going to find out in, in a couple weeks. No question. Now, next week on the Evan Roberts podcast, watch this versatility. Today, me and Lugie broke down All Elite Wrestling. Next week, a season recap of BH90210. I watched like every episode. I didn't realize you were such a big fan of that oh, show. Oh, my God. 90210 is one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, I did, and I admit this, I did a podcast and I tried. Lugie, I always try, sometimes I fail. I did a podcast about two months ago, or less than that, a month ago, in which on the beach I recorded myself talking about the 90210 history, the, why I love the show, my favorite seasons, things like that. And I have been told that the wind from the beach made it very unlistenable. So, How about that? <laughs> so I admit I tried. I thought it was creative because so many great 90210 episodes were on the beach. I mean, who could forget Dylan and Brenda making out in the water shower on the beach with Jim watching, getting all pissed off that his daughter's making out with the late Dylan McKay. Uh, now, so, uh, well, I got to ask you. Yes. Now, you probably mentioned on the podcast, but I had a note. Are you a more Brenda or Kelly guy? Oh, that's not even a question. Kelly. Yeah, yeah. It's not even close. Now, for me, I throw in the wild card because for Tiffany, Tiffany Amber oh, Thiessen, for me, is yeah. just like, there. she's on the, if I have a Mount Rushmore, she's on there. I <laughs> well, love her. Especially, she's, I mean, a 34-year-old guy, I mean, she was the, she was it. Well, she, she was able to accomplish being on Saved by the Bell and 90210. And as a cookie, you know, kind of that cookie cleaner as Kelly Kapowski, and then, and then more, a little more risque exactly, role. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Next week, I'll focus a lot on the new show and a little bit about All the right. history of 90210. Lugie, I appreciate you doing it. 
And uh, I'm sure there'll be more AEW Evan Roberts podcast as time goes on. And just before we wrap up, it was Zack Sabre Jr. That was who Jimmy Havoc wrestled with. I didn't want to. I didn't want to get this big build up and then me blank on one of the best uh, wrestlers you in the world's name. So I saved myself there. I wanted to get the invite back next time. <laughs> Evan, my condolences on the Jets. Uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I am. Oh, I really thanks. am. You Appreciate it. it. <laughs> thank you. Hey, at least I've got wrestling to distract me. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts podcast.